And I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Ezekiel chapter 37. Now, we've been talking about fearless, and we've been looking at the life of David. But, you know, I was struggling in my heart to, to, for, for just to kind of get a word from God, to hear what God wanted to say. And I felt like God was telling me to preach something else. And it was confirmed on Wednesday in such an incredible way that I said, I know that God wants me to preach on Ezekiel 37. And I want you to, with me today, I want you to read along. And I'm going to read in two different versions, but I'm going to start in the NIV. The hand of the Lord was on me. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. Now, sometimes you have to read in the King James because nothing preaches better than the King James. And the hand of the Lord was upon me. The hand, the mighty hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me and carried me on the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And he led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Everybody say, very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live again? And I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these dry bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. And I will attach tendons and I will make breath enter you and you will come to life and I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin and I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded by the Lord. And, I, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise. A rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone, and I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath. There was no pneuma. There was no spirit in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, speak, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign, Yahweh, the God who is and always will be, says, come breath from the four winds and breath into these slain that they may live. So I preached. So I prophesied. So I 
spoke life, and I commanded. And breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast and mighty army. Now, we can learn something from the Old Testament about what God wants to do in his people from the people of Israel. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that everything that happened to the people of Israel is really an example to the church, to us, as to how we should live our life, how we should believe God, how we should expect God to do things in our life. So in this chapter, the major prophet, Ezekiel, is speaking to the house of Israel. Why? Because the house of Israel was brought into captivity for 70 years, and over those 70 years, their hopes and their dreams, their aspirations died. They had no more dream of a temple where the, where the glory of God would come down and rest with the people of God. Their families were in disarray. They had begun to embrace the practices of the heathen. And as a result of that, the spirit of the Lord had departed from the nation of Israel. They were dead, dry bones. Have you ever been to a dead church? Have you ever been to a church where it seemed like even three minutes was an eternity? The singing was dead. The preaching was dead. The people were dead. The pastor was dead. It was death. Dry bones. You couldn't wait to run out of that place because it was death. May it never be said of Bethlehem. May it never be said of Bethlehem. They were dead. Their services were dead. There, were no, there was no spirit of the Lord in their services. But God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, you see these dry bones? Do you believe they can live again? Speak to the dry bones. And Ezekiel prophesies, and he says of these dry bones, if you keep on reading on, that there will come a time when, when God will bring the people of God from all the four corners of the world back to Egypt, back to Israel, and they will become a nation again, and God will put his spirit inside of them. And in 1948, 1948, 1948,000 years later, the people of Israel went back to Egypt, and it began. It began. What began? The prophetic utterance that God was going to bring his people, his covenant people, back to the land of Israel. And what we're seeing today, if you've ever gone to Israel, what we're seeing today is a fulfillment of Isaiah 37, where there was nothing that grew in the desert. There was just dead, dry bones. There was death in the desert, but now you go to Israel and you will see the life of God's word in that land as the people of Israel are prospering and things are growing where they should not grow. 
just the beginning. Now, Israel has not turned to the Lord. But there's going to come a day when the people of Israel will turn to the Lord and the prophecy of Ezekiel 37 will come to pass where God is going to raise up an army of Israelites. He's going to raise up an army of Hebrews and they're going to go out into the land and they're going to speak the word of God and revival is going to come not to just Israel but to the whole world through his covenant people. That's a promise that God made, and it will come to pass, because God always keeps his promise. But right now, while we're in the midst of Israel blossoming physically and waiting for Israel to blossom spiritually, there is a church, a group of people that God wants to speak to this morning. That's you. That's me. And God wants us to see that in the midst of this story that was directed to Israel, that God wants to speak a word to your life. God wants to speak a word to your dry bones. God wants to speak a word to the situations in your life. Now, I want you to know that I have referred to this passage many times. And in my study of this passage... I did not see the richness of the whole passage. What I saw was dry bones. In the midst of going right to the dry bones, I missed what God was saying to his church when it comes to his mighty hand. And so the the prophet Ezekiel begins and he says this. I love this. He says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. He said, the mighty hand of the Lord was upon me. Listen to me. When the hand of the Lord, listen to me, when the hand of the Lord is upon you, everything changes in your life. When the hand of the Lord comes upon you, you will be set free. When the hand of the Lord comes upon you, there's nothing that God tells you to do that you cannot do. When the hand of the Lord comes upon you, you will be blessed beyond measure. When the hand of the Lord comes upon you, you will be strengthened to do whatever God calls you to do in whatever situation comes against you in your life. When the hand of the Lord comes against you, when the hand of the Lord is for you, there's no enemy that can stand against you. Come on, somebody. Go to God. I was, I was a kid, and I, I grew up in this church. I used to sit in the front row, and my pastor, Pastor Moriello, a Pentecostal preacher, he was a shouter like me. Man, he used to shout and preach the word. And he'd often tell the story about how he was on his deathbed. He was dying of tuberculosis. He was a dead man. In the 50s, you got tuberculosis. You didn't have a a whole lot of chance of living. He was on his deathbed. He was about to die. 
And he cried out to the Lord. And he said, God, just touch me with your nail-scarred hand. God, touch me with your hand of power. Anoint my life, God, and heal my body. And if you heal my body, if you touch me, God, I will use these hands to lay my hands on other people. And I will preach the gospel. And I will serve you the rest of my life. And the Lord touched my pastor. And my pastor preached the gospel. And he laid hands on the sick and he preached with all of his might and his power. Why? Because the hand of the Lord came on his life. I was a young man and I was so far away from the Lord that the hand of the Lord was not on my life. Had a car accident. Thank God. God spared me. And I ran to the altar that that Sunday and I said, God, I want your hand on my life. And I want to tell you something. On that day in July and that summer day when I gave my heart to the Lord when I was 19 years old, the hand, the mighty hand of the Lord came upon my life. And he took this donkey of a man. He took this foolish young man. He took this lost man and he saved me and he baptized me in the Holy Ghost and fire and I've been preaching the gospel ever since. Why? Because when the hand of the Lord comes on your life, you will never be the same. Come on somebody. Give the Lord a shout. Give me your hand God. Give me your hand God. Moses had the hand of the Lord on his life, and Pharaoh could not destroy him. Moses had the hand of the Lord on his life, and he led the people of Israel through the desert. Moses had the hand of the Lord on his life, and he performed mighty miracles in the name of Jehovah. Abraham had the hand of the Lord on his life, And Abraham had a baby when he was 90-plus years old. Watch out. Watch out, mama. Abraham had the hand of the Lord in his life, and God blessed him and his descendants with incredible blessings in his life. Joseph had the hand of the Lord in his life. And when his brothers threw him in a pit, the hand of the Lord took him out of the pit. Joseph had the hand of the Lord in his life. And when he was thrown in prison, the hand of the Lord was with Joseph. And whatever Joseph did, it prospered. And Joseph had the hand of the Lord in his life. And God raised him up to be second in command to Pharaoh. Joseph had the hand of the Lord on his life. And Joseph was a mighty man of God. Why? Because of the hand of the Lord on his life. Joshua had the hand of the Lord on his life, and wherever he went, God prospered him. He was a mighty man. Daniel had the hand of the Lord on his life, and God shut the lion's mouth and blessed Daniel. Mary had the hand of the Lord on her life, when she cries out to the Lord and says, Lord, how can this be? I'm a virgin. It's impossible. And the angel of the Lord said, Mary, the hand of the Lord is on your life. And with God, all things are possible. My friend, when the hand of the Lord is on your life, 
You can do things that other people cannot do because you've been anointed by God to do it. When the hand of the Lord is on your life, you can succeed in whatever God calls you to do. You will experience blessings. You'll walk through the valley. You'll face your giants. You'll deal with situations. When the hand of the Lord is on your life, you've got protection. When the hand of the Lord is on your life, you have power to do the impossible. When the hand of shalom is on your life, you will have peace. When the hand of the Lord is on your life, when the hand of Jehovah Jireh is on your life, he will provide for every situation that you have in your life. When the hand of Jehovah Nisi is in your life, he will do battle for you because it doesn't belong to you. The battle belongs to the Lord. When the hand of the Lord is on your life, you will have God's assurance that there's no weapon formed against you that will prosper. Why? Because the hand of the Lord is the mighty hand of the Lord. In fact, when you look into the scriptures, you find this reference to the hand of the Lord many times. We find it first, the first time we see it is when God speaks to Joshua. And Joshua speaks to the children of God. And Joshua tells the children of God, you see these pillars You see these stones, these 12 stones? These 12 stones are a symbol that God's hand was with us and the mighty hand of the Lord has delivered us from our enemies. Peter says it this way. He says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that he might use his mighty hand to lift you up in due season. Come on, somebody say amen. You see, the hand of the Lord is mighty. According to Scripture, the hand of the Lord is also dangerous and deadly against his enemy. I like this story. It's a great story. The Philistines capture the ark of God. And they bring the ark of God into their pagan Dagon temple. And they place it right next to their god, Dagon. And the Bible says they leave it there, and the next morning when they come into their temple to bow before their God, they find that their God is bowing before the God of Jehovah Jireh, the God of of Israel. And so they pick up the statue, and they put it up again right standing, and Dagon is standing there. They go away. The next day, the statue, Dagon, is bowing again to the God of Israel. So they pick them up again. So God says, okay, I'm going to really show them. They go away. And when they come back, they find that the God Dagon, now he's just standing there, but he has no hands. He has no head. He's just got a torso. Why? Because God knocked his block off. And and the Bible says that when they explained it, the Philistines said, we've got to get rid of the Ark of the Covenant. We've got to send it somewhere else. Why? Because the God of Israel's hand is against us wow therefore if the hand of God is for you 
then there's no weapon that has been forged against you that will prosper. Hallelujah. As long as you've got the hand of the Lord in your life, you've got victory in your life. Love it. And I love Acts chapter 11. Gives us this report of the early church. Now, they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but only the Jews. But some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, they spoke the word to the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And verse 21, and the hand of the Lord was with them. Everybody say, the hand of the Lord was with them. And great numbers of people believed and turned to the Lord. Listen to me, my friend. It's a powerful thing when the hand of the Lord is on your life. And so maybe this morning you wonder if the hand of the Lord is on your life. Ask him. Let him touch you with his mighty hand. Let him touch you with his grace-filled hand. Let him touch you with his comforting hand. Let him touch you with his healing hand. Let him come today and give you strength with his righteous right hand. Let him uphold you with his hand. Let him bless you with his hand. Let him do something powerful in your life with his hand. I love 1 Chronicles chapter 4. It's a story of a young man that we don't hear much about. He comes in and he comes out of the scripture. It's not like he has center stage. He's not a Daniel. He's not a Jacob. He's not a Joseph. He's not a Moses. His name is Jabez. Jabez. And Jabez prays a prayer to God. And it's tucked in the middle of all the other stories, but I want you to notice Jabez's prayer. Jabez cries out to the God of Israel. And Jabez says, oh God, touch me with your mighty hand. Lord, touch me and bless me with your mighty hand. Notice what he says. Jabez cries out to God and he says, oh God, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Oh, God, that you would bless my wife, Lisa, and enlarge her territory. My God, that you would bless my daughter, Janina, and you would enlarge her territory. That you would bless my daughter, Julia, and you would bless her husband, Vinny, and you would bless my granddaughter, the most beautiful, the best granddaughters in the whole world. There's no granddaughters better than my granddaughters. They're the most beautiful granddaughters. There's nobody in the world that has beautiful granddaughters. Is like my granddaughter. Bless my Ellie and bless my Kyrie and Lord bless my third daughter and enlarge their territory. Bless my daughter Jenna and bless her husband Matthew and bless our family oh God. Oh God that you would bless my children and my descendants God and you would bless us so much that you would extend our borders. Come on somebody. I want you to raise your hands right now with me and I want you to 
say, God, bless. Come on. Bless me, God. And bless my children. And bless my family. And bless my grandchildren, God. Oh, God. Come on. Cry out to the Lord. Oh, God, that you would bless me. Notice what Jabez says. Let your hand, your hand be with me and keep me from harm that I would be free from pain. And God, I love this, and God granted his request. Oh, there isn't a day that I don't get before the Lord and say, oh, God, that you would bless me, God, that you would bless my daughters, that you would bless my son-in-laws, that you would bless my grandchildren, that you would bless my church, that you would bless everything that I lay my hands on, that you would bless me with your mighty hand. Oh, that the hand of the Lord would be upon our life. Let me ask you a question. Do you have the hand of the Lord on your life? You might say, God, nothing's working out for me. God, it seems like I keep on running into a brick wall, God. It seems like, Lord, I, I can't get a break, God. Maybe it's because the hand of the Lord is not on you. It's against you. Now you might say, why? Would the hand of the Lord be against you because of sin? But I want you to know today that if you turn away from your sin, you turn away from your rebellion. I'm speaking to somebody today. I'm speaking to a young man who's running from the Lord. I want to tell you that the hand of the Lord is against you. Why? Because you think you're going to prosper. You think you're going to be okay. But the hand of the Lord is against you. But today, he wants to turn his hand back towards you. And if you repent of your sin, he'll come. And times of refreshing will come back into your life. And God will heal you. And God will restore restore you and God will roughify you and God will renew you and God will give you what you need when you need it even though you don't deserve it because that's the grace filled hand of the Lord in your life come on somebody help me out today and say thank you for your hand God oh that the hand of the Lord would be upon us maybe you need healing today cry out to the Lord and say God thank you for your hand. The second thing that I see in this, which is so powerful, is Ezekiel goes on to say, and the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried. I missed that for so many years. And he carried me. And he carried me. The hand of the Lord, the mighty hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me. I don't know what you're going through today, but I want you to know that when the hand of the Lord is on you, he will carry you. 
When the hand of the Lord is on you, he makes a promise to you. Have you ever had God carry you? I look at a couple that I love dearly, and they've been through so many things in their life. They've been through bad news and sickness and pain, but I see the hand of the Lord on their life, and the Lord is carrying them. Hallelujah. I'm amazed as I see people walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But yet, even in the midst of the valley, even in the midst of difficult times, even in the midst of confusing times, I see that the hand of the Lord is on their life. Why? Because they're being carried by the grace of God. They're being carried by the anointing of the Spirit. They're being carried by the peace of God that passes all understanding. They're being carried by the joy of the Lord that's unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, I've seen some people that were walking through the valley and God carried them. God carried you through the fiery furnace. And God carried you through. You were so tired. You were so weary. You were so downcast. You were so discouraged. There were times when you felt like you couldn't make it. You were going to collapse under the weight of the problem. You had no more strength. But then you cried out to the Lord. And the great hand of the Lord carried you. It lifted you out of the miry pit. And it carried you through the pain and it carried you through the valley and it carried you through the war and it carried you through the battle listen to me my friend I don't know what you're facing today some of you are facing a painful divorce and some of you are facing a debilitating sickness in your body some of you are facing financial meltdowns in your life some of you are facing uh, depression and loneliness and battle but I want you to know when the Holy Spirit has access to your life when the Holy Holy Spirit has access to your heart. He will carry you. He will strengthen you. He will empower you. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power. And he will carry you. Oh, there were times in my life when I was so weak and tired so discouraged and burnt out. But then, as Isaiah said, do you not know? Have you not heard? Do you not know? Have you not heard? Didn't anyone tell you? Don't you know who God is? He's the everlasting God. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. And he, he will not grow tired and weary. He cannot grow weary and tired. He never gets discouraged. And his understanding, no one can fathom. His understanding about who you are, what you need, when you're tired and weary. He knows exactly what you need, when you need it. No one can fathom. No one is like him. No one knows how he works. Sometimes he works in a mysterious way, but 
he gives strength to the weary and he increases power to the weak. That's what he does. That's who he is. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, even the young grow weary and tired and the young men stumble and fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and faint. Teach us, Lord, how to cry out for your hand and wait upon the Lord. Hallelujah. God wants to carry you this morning. He wants to carry your burdens. I love what it says in Matthew chapter 8. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. And he drove them out with the spirit. He drove out spirits with a word and healed the sick. This was in fulfillment of what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities. He carried our infirmities and carried our sickness and our sin. Friend, if he carried it, why are you still carrying it? If, if he carried your sickness, why are you still carrying it? If he carried your depression, why are you still carrying it? If he carried your pain, if he carried your hurt, why are you still carrying it? Oh, I meet some people, and they're so weighed down. I see them in the foyer in the church. How you doing? Oh, I'm just praising Jesus. Oh, I'm just praising Jesus. But I've got a weight on my shoulder. But I love what Peter said. He said, notice the progression. Humble yourself. Under the mighty hand of the Lord. And he will lift you up. Cast all your cares upon him. In the Greek, it means throw it on him. Throw it on him. Have you ever had something in your car that was stinking? I know that you shouldn't litter, but you had to get it out. And you were driving, and you rolled down, the, and you got rid of it. God says, get rid of it. Get rid of the depression today. Get rid of the burdens in your heart today. Get rid of the fear today. Get rid of the unforgiveness today. Throw it on me. Throw it on me. If he can hold you up on the cross, if he carried the weight of the world on his shoulders, I want you to know he can carry your pain oh throw it on him today come on I want you to take whatever you're carrying today and I want you to throw it to the Lord today come on put it in your hands come on come on put it in your hand and now throw it to the Lord come on take it God God I'm not carrying this fear anymore God, I'm not 
carrying this insecurity anymore. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out. I'm not going to carry this anxiety any longer. I know in whom I believed in and I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I've entrusted to him. Carry, don't carry that hurt. Give it, cast it to the Lord. Just throw it on him today. Oh, he's a big boy. Come on. Come on. God says, I'm a big boy. I'll carry it. I'll carry you today. Let him carry you this morning. But I want you to notice something. Come on, somebody. I want you to notice something. The hand of the Lord was upon Ezekiel, and he carried him. The same God that carries you on the mountain, that carries you to the places of victory, that carries you to a good place, to a palace, also carries you to a valley. Notice where he carried him. And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he led me, he carried me into the valley. Friend, Before you can experience the mountaintop experiences of victory in your life, you have to walk through the valley. Before you can find the maturity that God wants you to experience in your life, you got to walk through the valley. Before you can understand the compassion of the Lord for other people. You've got to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You've got to walk where the dry bones are. And the Bible says that God brought Ezekiel to the valley of dry bones. They weren't just bones. They weren't there just one day. They were there a long time. They were dry bones. When bones get that dry, it means they've been there a long time. Can you imagine how depressing it must have been? The only thing that was living was Ezekiel. The only thing that was breathing was Ezekiel. And yet God called him to walk through the dry bones. Oh, maybe the bones were up to his knees. We don't know. But there were a lot of dry bones in the house. I want you to know that Jesus brought his disciples to the mountain of transfiguration. They went up the mountain and Peter said, man, it is so glorious. Jesus busts out of himself and he sees the glorious son of God and Peter says it's good let's stay on the mountaintop oh we want to stay on the mountaintop oh we want to stay in the glory of God we want to bask in the presence of the Lord but friend if you're ever going to be used by the Lord if you're ever going to understand the power of the spirit in your life if you're ever going to understand the pain of other people if you're ever going to get mature in your life you've got to climb down the mountain because down on the down in the valley there's a demon possessed boy there's a father that's crying out saying I believe help my unbelief there are people that don't know the Lord they're dead they're dead they're dead they're dead spiritually they're on their way to hell and God is sending us to the valley every day so that we can speak life to them Oh, I'm praying for you tomorrow morning because some of you, when you get up in the morning, you get on that train. You know what I'm talking about. You get on that subway and you're with people. 
dry bones. Dry bones. Oh, you're in that... You're in that subway, and there's a lot of dry bones around you. And you know what? When you're in a valley of dry bones, you want to act like dry bones. <laughs> Friend, you're not dry bones. The Holy Ghost lives inside of you. The one that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of you. You've got the word of life. You've got the power of God. I'm, I'm praying that you'll get up in the morning, tomorrow morning, and you'll get on that train. And when all those dry bones are looking. You might stand up. Why don't you just say, hey, it's a good day. It's an awesome day. Some of you, you work in a place where there are dry bones. You work in an office building, and there's dry bones. You know what I'm talking about. You know what? There's a lot of dry bones in government buildings. Ah, but they're not even there now because it's shut down. But, oh, did you ever go to a government building? Oh, my gosh. Hello. What do you need? Oh, man. Just look at that government worker and say, I want you to have a good day today. Did you know that God has a plan for your life? And it's see, God, God sending you to these places because you've got life in you. And you've got to speak to those Dead, dry bones. God's sending you to your high school. He's sending you to your school. He's sending you back home. Because some of you, your dead, dry bone is sitting in the living room right now with a remote control. <laughs> what are you going to do? Are you going to act like dry bones? Are you going to act like a man or a woman of God sent back down into the valley to bring dead things back to life. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm bringing dead things back to life. Hallelujah. As the worship team comes right now, I want to ask you a question. Do you have a situation in your life? Do you have a situation that seems impossible to everyone? See, the greatest lessons, the greatest triumphs are always found in the valley where there are dead, dry bones. Jesus comes to Bethany. His friend Lazarus had died. And he was in the tomb for four days. Four days symbolizes no hope. In those days, they would wait four days to declare that something was dead. Someone was dead. He wasn't coming back. They would at times go into coma and they would wait to see if they would come back. But on the fourth day, they would declare no hope. 
He's not coming back. He's dead. Kill, put him in the tomb and leave him there because he's going to begin to stink and decompose. Jesus comes on the fourth day. He's always on time. His time. The greatest, listen to me, the greatest miracles are the miracles that happen in the valley of dry bones. That's where God does his best work. Raymond, Raymond, Jesus comes to town and Martha runs out. Jesus, if you would have been here yesterday, there would have been hope. If you would have been there the day before, there would have been hope. But you came on the fourth day, and by now he stinketh. There's no more hope. And Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection, and I am the life. When I speak, the Spirit of God brings back to life. Martha, do you believe this? That's the question today. Do you believe that? Because if you did, you would speak life. So, so God says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, you've been walking around. Ezekiel, you've been walking around these dry bones. You've been walking around these dry bones all afternoon. Let me ask you a question, Ezekiel. You've been traveling on the subway with dead, dry people. You've been living with that husband who hasn't gotten saved. You've been praying for 50 years. He's still not saved. You've got that son. You've got that daughter. She shuts herself off in that room, and she listens to Stairway to Heaven while she's on her way to hell. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, God, I've been in this dry bone valley for a long time. But God is saying to some of you in this room, it's time to believe again. It's time to speak to those bones again. You see, you're never going to see victory in your life until you believe because you can't receive without believing and you can't believe until you get it deep down in your spirit deep down in your heart and from the heart the mouth speaks and when you believe you begin to prophesy over those dry bones you begin to say I declare in the name of Jesus my husband's going to be saved my son is coming home my daughter is coming off of drugs my marriage is going to be mended again why? because it's deep down in your soul and you begin to prophesy listen God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, do you believe that these dry bones can come again to life? That's the question. Do you believe? God can do anything, but he can't do it without your faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Ezekiel, do you believe? Only you know, Lord. Cop out. Wrong answer. Bad. Wrong answer. You know, you know, sometimes we want to cop out. We don't want to fight for our marriage. We give up. We don't want to fight for our healing. We don't want to believe for victory in our life. And so, like the man at the pool, he's hanging out. By the edge of the pool, Jesus comes to that city, that town, and he finds a lame man. 
and he's hanging out by the edge of the pool. And Jesus says to the lame man, 38 years, he can't use his legs. 38 years, he can't walk. 38 years, he's begging, and he's hanging out by the side of the pool. And Jesus asks him this ridiculous question, do you want to get better? And the man says, oh, Lord, I want to get better. But you see, I'm... Eight years, and the truth is, this, there's water, and every time the, the angel of the Lord comes and stirs the water, I can't get in. Somebody beats me in. Let me tell you something. If I was good and entire sick and tired of being sick and tired, I'd listen. I'd be at the edge of the pool. And when the water started to start, I'd sit there. I'd stay there all night long. And when that water came, I'd just throw myself in the water. I'd just do whatever I can. You see, you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. I said, you got to get sick and tired of saying enough is enough. And when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change, then you cry out to the Lord and say, yes, Lord, I I believe. Oh, Lord, only you know how many times. Oh, Lord, only you know if my marriage is going to get better. Well, God's saying, do you know? Only you know, Lord, if you can make these dry bones live again. And God says, it's your turn, Ezekiel. You speak to the dry bones. And the Bible says that Ezekiel spoke to the dry bones. Now, I want to tell you, I'm not convinced that Ezekiel said to the dry bones, dry bones, I believe that you will be a person again. I think he said, dry bones, please. Something between dry bones, please, dry bones. This is what the word of the Lord says. Dry bones, I've been in the prayer closet. When I first came out here, it was dry bones. But now, dry bones, I've full of the word of God. I'm full of the spirit of God. I know what God's word says. And as a result of that, dry bones come back to life. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about today. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet today. And the Bible says that he spoke, and guess what stood up? A skeleton. And then all of a sudden, he heard the sound. Hip bone connected to the knee bone. And the knee bone connected to the foot bone. And the foot bone connected to the toe bone. Then all of a sudden, tendon, tendons and muscles started attached to those bones. And then they became flesh. But they were still dead. And the Lord said, now 
Ezekiel, call the four winds to come and cry out to the Holy Spirit and breathe, breathe into these beings and they will live. And today in the balcony on the first floor in the overflow watching via live stream I speak I speak to you today by the power of the Holy Spirit and we say spirit come and breathe back into us breathe back into that dream that you gave me that's dead dream again dream again breathe back into that vision you gave me breathe back into that dead dry marriage breathe back into my spirit Lord and revive and quicken my soul Holy Spirit do your work let me ask you a question right now as we finish do you have a dry bones situation in your life come on raise your hand something that seems to be impossible something that seems to be dead and gone today God is calling you to speak into that situation by faith if that's you and listen we don't have a lot of time but I believe there is still an anointing of God at this altar I want you right now to get out of your seat and come up to this place and speak to those dry bones get out of your seat right now and say yes I've got a situation in my life that's impossible but I'm gonna speak I'm gonna speak life over it I'm gonna speak life over it come on come on all across this place in the balcony get out of the balcony you've got a son you've got a daughter you've got a sickness you've got a problem you've got a situation in your life that you need to speak over come on get out right now get out come on come on come on come on get out of your seat right now somebody give me a tissue I can't even see I can't even see give me a tissue give me a tissue glory to God glory to God somebody else come on come on come on we're gonna speak and the Holy Spirit's begin to moving right now he's gonna move right now come on get out of your seat come on come on all over this place right now all over this place yes Lord God is going to begin to move right now. God is going to begin to move. This woman, I was driving home last night with the team. I was driving home with the team. We did some training for Hope Day. And a precious woman of the Lord who's been in this church for many years, she said to me, Pastor Steve, did you ever hear the story about how God healed me? I said, no. She said, it was a Wednesday night, and you were out of town. I said, oh, wow. That makes me feel good. I wasn't the one that prayed for it. She said, you were out of town. She said, I, I had a really bad, unbelievably bad back problem. She said, my vertebrae, they had actually, I had ruptured vertebrae, and the disc popped out. And she said, and I was in severe pain. I couldn't even raise my hands. I went and got an MRI and the doctor said, you need surgery to correct this. You're going to be in pain for the rest of your life. 
she said, I came to church on Wednesday night and Pastor Dave Nazolo and, and, and one of the workers in the sound room, she said, I, I asked them after the Bible study, would you just simply lay your hands on me and speak over me? And Pastor David laid his hands on her and spoke over her instantaneously she was healed by the power of God. God can do anything. God is the God of the impossible. And all he has to do is breathe into your situation. But you need to speak over that situation. I want you to raise your hands right now. and Begin to speak life over that situation. Come on. Speak life. Speak life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 